bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. I hope that you and your family are safe and well. I have another great podcast for you this week starting with an important update on funding negotiations in Washington to avoid a government shutdown. I'll then share analysis that Novogratz performed on the massive infrastructure bill that's awaiting consideration in the Senate. Specifically, I'll talk about how the bill's housing-related provisions could affect affordable housing development and preservation over the next 10 years. After that, I'll discuss recently announced demand for the CDFI Fund's Capital Magnet Program, and when we can expect the awards announcement for the fiscal year 2020 round. Then I'll talk about a new bill meant to help small business owners learn about using the Opportunity Zones incentive. I'll also briefly talk about a proposed community development incentive modeled after Opportunity Zones. If you're ready, let's get started. The clock is ticking for Congress to pass legislation to keep the government funded, beyond the September 30 deadline. Failure to keep the government funded would result in a partial government shutdown. Now, there is one cause for cautious optimism, and that's that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin have said that they've reached an informal agreement to pursue a continuing resolution, or CR, to avoid a shutdown. No details are available at the time of this recording on how long the stop-back funding measure would be in effect, although it's likely that the funding measure or funding bill would extend at least beyond the November election and into December. Now, if the CR goes through December, and if the Democrats keep the House of Representatives, flip the Senate, and win the White House, well, then we would likely see legislators negotiate another CR in December to extend that CR to late February or early March, such that Democrats could write the final 2021 spending bills more in line with their priorities. On the other hand, if Republicans retain the White House and or Senate, then Congress is more likely to consider a long-term 2021 omnibus spending bill in December. Now, keeping the government funded and avoiding a shutdown is critical. Government shutdowns cause disruptions that can be detrimental for families and communities who depend on funding for affordable housing and community development. The most recent government shutdown lasted 34 days. That was December 2018 into January 2019. During that shutdown, a HUD spokesman told NBC News that HUD lacked the funding to renew nearly 1,200 project-based rental assistance contracts that expired in December 2018 and January 2019. And that's just one example as to what can happen when HUD funding is disrupted. Now, the CDFI fund also faced major consequences during the previous shutdown. All CDFI fund staff deemed non-essential were furloughed, including New Markets Tax Credit staff. This, in turn, delayed the announcement of the New Market Tax Credit Allocation Awards that year. Initially, the awards were expected at the end of February. The awards weren't announced ultimately until the end of May. So a one-month shutdown led to a three-month delay in awards. Ultimately, this meant distressed communities had to go that much longer without much needed new markets tax credit financing. And now I'll be keeping an eye on shutdown negotiations and I'll report any updates in future installments of Tax Credit Tuesday.
Now, speaking of legislation being considered this year, Novogratik recently performed an analysis of the Moving Forward Act and its potential implications for affordable rental housing. Our analysis was underwritten in part by Korea LLC and RBC Capital Markets. We at Novogratik thank Korea and RBC for their underwriting support. Now, the Moving Forward Act, or HR2, is a $1.5 trillion infrastructure plan that was passed by the House in July, and it is awaiting action in the Senate. The Moving Forward Act includes proposals to expand and strengthen the long-term housing tax credit, as well as provisions to enhance tax-exempt private activity bonds. Senate Democrats Ron Wyden of Oregon, Maria Cantwell of Washington, Michael Bennett of Colorado, and Ben Cardin of Maryland introduced the Senate Companion Bill to H.R. 2's long-term housing tax credit provisions. That is found in Senate Bill S-4078. Novogratik analyzed how these housing-related provisions of the Moving Forward Act could affect rental housing financing over the next decade. In short, Novogratik found that housing provisions including in the Moving Forward Act could finance more than 1 million additional affordable rental homes from 2020 to 2030. If some or all the provisions of the Moving Forward Act were passed, it would be very good news for affordable housing. Now, the provisions for loan housing tax credit and productivity bonds in HR2 include establishing a 4% rate floor, as well as temporarily reducing the 50% test, the 50% finance by test for private activity bond finance housing. Also included a 50% basis boost for low-income housing tax credit units that serve extremely low-income households. And then there are three 30% basis boost proposals, primarily directed at 4% tax credit properties. And then there are two annual 25% plus inflation, 9% allocation increases in 2021 and 2022. And there are other provisions as well. Now, in terms of our analysis, there's one key principle. These proposals are stacked in our analysis, meaning that one foundational proposal is applied before the others, and estimates for the other proposals depend on that foundation. A way of example, for the 4% credit, our analysis first estimated the impact of the 4% floor on unit financing. And the rest of the proposals affecting the 4% credit assume that the minimum 4% rate is in effect. Similarly, the effect of the 50% basis boost for units serving extremely low-income households is estimated after the annual 25% plus inflation allocation increase is applied. Now, I'll break down the numbers by provision so you can see how each provision would benefit affordable housing. First, Enacting a 4% floor for properties receiving long-term housing tax allocations could finance 137,000 additional affordable rental homes from 2020 to 2030. Next, providing annual 25% plus inflation allocation increases in 2021 and 2022 for the 9% credit could finance close to 320,000 additional affordable rental homes from 2021 through 2030. That assumes that the temporary 12.5% allocation increase expiring at the end of 2021 is made permanent. Now, the three basis boost provisions, primarily for the 4% credit, could create an additional 205,000 additional affordable rental homes over the next decade. 
temporarily reducing the 50% test for productivity bond finance housing to 25% could finance close to 194,000 additional affordable homes in 2021 and 2022. Now, enacting a basis boost for long-term tax developments serving extremely low-income households could finance an additional 114,000 affordable homes for 4% and 9% low-income housing tax credit properties financed over the years 2020 to 2030. And finally, increasing the productivity bond cap by 10% could finance 44,000 additional affordable homes from 2020 to 2030. Now, this is just an overview of the numbers and how certain affordable housing provisions could increase affordable housing financing. It's not likely that all of the affordable housing provisions included in the Moving Forward Act will be enacted this year, but advocacy efforts for these provisions are now more important than ever. Recently, a bipartisan group of 103 House members have been pushing for the inclusion of the Moving Forward Act's low-income housing tax credit and private activity bond provisions to be included in the next COVID-19 relief bill. You can read more about how these and other provisions could benefit affordable housing development and financing in the Notes of Novogratic blog post on the Moving Forward Act. I'll include a link to the blog post in today's show notes, or you can go directly to www.novogratic.com slash blog. I'll also tweet it out as well. Also, we'll be talking about these affordable housing proposals and more at the Novogratic 2020 Credit and Bond Financing for Affordable Housing Virtual Conference to be held October 1st and 2nd. We expect more than 300 virtual attendees, including developers, syndicators, lenders, and more. Plus, we're going to have a keynote address from Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, a top-ranked Democrat, I should say the top-ranked Democrat on the Senate Finance Committee. As I mentioned earlier, he is the lead sponsor of the Senate Companion Bill of the Moving Forward Act's Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Provisions. And if Democrats flip the Senate, In this November's election, Senator Ron Wyden will be the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. I'll include a link to register in today's show notes, or you can go to www.novaco.com slash events. Turning to some other news, the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund last Thursday announced that 137 organizations have requested more than $642 million in capital magnet fund awards under the fiscal year 2020 application round. Now, the amount requested is more than three and a half times the amount available, which illustrates a great demand for this community development resource. Capital Magnet Fund awards help finance affordable housing and related economic development activities in community service facilities. The CDFI fund expects to announce the awards in early 2021. Now, in legislative news, a House bill was introduced to help small businesses learn about Opportunity Zones. The bill is called the Increasing Opportunities for Small Businesses Act of 2020, and the bill would require the Small Business Administration, or the SBA, to train field representatives on the Opportunity Zones incentive. The trained representatives would then be the point of contact for Opportunity Zones questions and resources in their areas. The SBA representatives would educate local leaders about the incentive and hold annual statewide Opportunity Zones seminars for business owners, government officials, and anyone else interested in Opportunity Zones. The director of each SBA regional office would also be required to report annually on the success of this initiative, including any problems and best practices. And staying on the topic of Opportunity Zones, 
a new community development incentive was proposed in the House recently that's meant to drive investments into low-income communities. The bill is called the Hemp Opportunity Zones Act of 2020. This proposed incentive mirrors much of the enacting language of the existing Opportunity Zones incentive, but the proposed bill specifically targets areas poised for economic growth that require access to a larger commercial hemp market. Now, in case you're wondering about the difference between hemp and marijuana, hemp has a low concentration of the substance THC, such that hemp does not produce the higher sensation of euphoria associated with marijuana. Marijuana has a high, pardon the pun, concentration of THC. Now, this bill would authorize state executives or governors to nominate a number of low-income census tracts for designation as hemp opportunity zones. Similar to existing opportunity zones, the proposed hemp opportunity zones would offer investors in those areas certain benefits. Now, those benefits include capital gains deferral and immediate expensing of qualified hemp opportunity zones business property. The bill also offers a few hemp farming-related tax credits. The main takeaway for the purposes of our podcast here is that the Opportunity Zones Incentive is being used as a template for successful community development tax incentives. You can learn more about Opportunity Zones and other community development proposals at our upcoming Novogratic 2020 Opportunity Zones Fall Virtual Conference. It's going to be held on October 22nd and 23rd. Go to www.novoco.com events to register. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. I close with a reminder. Next week is the Novogratic 2020 Historic Tax Credit Virtual Conference, September 24th and 25th. And we're honored to welcome not one, but two distinguished keynote speakers. On Thursday, day one, we'll have a keynote address from Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Senator Cassidy is a longtime champion of the historic tax credit and was instrumental in preserving the 20% historic tax credit during tax reform in 2017. And then on Friday, the second day of the conference, we'll have Representative Earl Blumenauer of Oregon deliver a keynote address. Representative Blumenauer is co-chair of the Historic Preservation Caucus in Congress and is one of the lead sponsors of the Historic Tax Credit Growth and Opportunity Act the HTC GO Act. It, that's a bill to enhance the historic tax credit. Now, in addition to our keynote speakers, we're also going to feature a host of fantastic panelists who will share their insights and everything from the status currently of the historic tax for equity market to building a deal flow pipeline. There will also be face-to-face virtual meetups for plenty of networking opportunities. Please register for the conference today to secure your spot. Just go to www.novaco.com slash events, and I will tweet out the link as well. I do hope to see you there. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services 
at www.novaco.com.